0: You know what? I'll bet I can stop your progress with this toothpick. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Right, we're going to come back to that idea about stopping your progress with a toothpick here in a little bit, and I'm going to tell you how to break through. Well, here's some of the questions we'll be looking at today. This is the 48 Days Radio Show. If you're new, welcome in. We call it 48 Days because I believe you can change the direction of your life dramatically in 48 days if you create a plan and act on it. It's a reasonable time to move through a process. I'll outline what that process is as well. But here's some of the questions we'll be looking at today. Somebody wants to know, Dan, what are your skills and abilities, your personality traits, your values, dreams, and passions? Well, I talk about that a lot. That's a fair question. I talk about that's what you need to define. That's the core of the 48 Days to the Work You Love book. Define those things about yourself, and then you are 85% of the way home free, Then it's just a matter of deciding, okay, what kind of work will allow you to do exactly that, to embrace what you know about yourself. Well, anyway, here's another question. Dan, do you have any words for my seniors who are pursuing a career in the creative and performing arts? Yes, I do. I'm admittedly fearful about a change, but more fearful about missing the opportunity to combine work and life I love. God, that's a great statement. That's a great overview. When your fear about missing the opportunity is greater than your fear about a change, you you're ready to roll. You're ready to move ahead. Somebody says, Dan. So how do I break away from my dad's orbit? Interesting. And I'm going to get to this one. Hopefully, I'll get to this one as well. Then I mostly invest time, not money, into myself. Now, this came as a result of an email we did where I talked about the power of investing in yourself. I've never seen anything have the financial return. I mean, you can talk about cryptocurrency, real estate, whatever it happens to be, but I've never seen anything have the return financially that investing in yourself does. Somebody challenged me on that. He says, I mostly invest time, not money into myself. I just don't see any possible ROI. I'm going to give you a couple examples that will blow your mind. Here's a quotation for today. comes from Warren Buffett, speaking of money, who says, if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you will work until you die. Now, that can simmer a little bit and maybe sink in. It may seem challenging, but we talk week after week after week here about those very things. Again, the quotation is, if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you will work until you die. Okay. Now you could, if you get comments about that, you know, just stop the podcast, shoot them into me right now. Again, you can always shoot questions into me at askdan at 48 dayscom Now resource today, based on some of the questions we got here is, are you ready to be a coach? We've got a simple quiz It'll take you five minutes to go through it and really help you define, are you ready to be a coach? I mean, a whole lot of you say that you'd like to do that. Gee, and then you, you know, dance around the edges. Well, we'll take this quiz. Just go to 48days.com slash ready. Ready, just R-E-A-D-Y, 48days.com slash ready. And you can take a quiz and we'll give you a percentage of what we think your chances are of being a, a coach. I mean, if you come back with a, Uh, 23, yeah, probably not a good selection for you. If you come back at a 97, yeah, you're probably ready to go ahead and position yourself as a coach. And I'll tell you what I think makes a good coach. Well, heres I want to tell you just a quick story to kind of get us started off here. When the Apollo spaceship went to the moon a few years ago, they had to get 4.4 million pounds of machinery off the ground that's a lot of weight. Now, they were going to go 478,000 miles. That's the distance to the moon and back. Now, here's something that I find really interesting. That trip required 930,000 gallons of fuel, combined kinds of fuel. But anyway, 930,000 gallons. It took over 500,000 gallons to go the first two miles. Now, again, they were going four hundred seventy thousand miles requiring 930,000 gallons of fuel, and it took over 500,000 gallons to go the first two miles. Now, here's the point. I'm not a scientist. I'm not an astronaut, but that's true for us as well. Starting launching, breaking through, getting something going is the hardest part. And it takes a massive amount of energy to just get two feet off the ground. I recognize that. Here's another kind of image for you. Imagine a locomotive engine, that big old 250 ton, you know, 10,000 horsepower. Now, if you're a car guy like I am, you recognize, you know, that's a whole lot of horsepower. That's amazing, but that's what they would create with those old locomotives that we saw back in the early 1900s, 10,000 horsepower. I mean, my Corvette has 345 horsepower, I mean, that's not a whole lot when you compare that to 10,000, but it takes a massive amount of power to get that locomotive to simply move that first two inches. Again, that's true with you. It takes a massive amount of energy to start anything to progress just that first two inches. Now, here's a startling reality. Now, you can just visualize that locomotive sitting on a train. You know, they got the smooth track out there ahead of it. But you can stop that locomotive dead in its tracks from ever going their first two inches with a simple one-inch block under the front wheel. It can't generate enough energy to get over even a small blockage placed in a strategic position when it's trying to start from a standstill. Now, let's jump ahead a little bit, and then I'm going to reflect on this. We know once that locomotive starts moving, you know, rolling in a consistent rhythm down the track, it breaks into that amazing force that we call momentum, I mean, at that point, it requires a lot less energy and effort to keep it going. And now, I mean, you can put a concrete wall that has the the old bars in it, in front of it, and that locomotive will blow right through that like it was a piece of paper. Now, think about that. I mean, you, you have that kind of power as well. Once you get moving, yes, it may seem to take superhuman strength, focus and energy to get started. But imagine the momentum of even a month or two of rolling down that track. But if you get derailed and stop, then you have to start that process all over again. I mean, I I hear people all the time who want to be a coach, but they've never had one coaching client. Yeah, it takes some energy to get that. People, you may have put together a course, you've never sold one. Yes, it takes a focused energy to sell one. But you know what comes with the sell of one? Your confidence increases. You're more willing to talk about it to people. And all of a sudden, that becomes... I mean, my, my first coaching client, I mean, that's a long time ago. And I it came out of the Sunday school class that I was teaching. So the request came very, very quickly in a short period of time. There wasn't a lot of strain in getting that. But because I've been doing this for so long and I've written so many newsletters, created so many podcasts, you know, coached so many people, have so many things happening out there, you know, now it's like that locomotive. I mean, they're just people showing up every day, just boom, 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 boom. I mean, and we've got things that are going in the 48 days community, you know, like an online membership community, like 48 days Eagles. I don't get up every month. Monday morning with zero in the bank and think what am I gonna do this week to go out and work so I can create income? No, there's a whole lot of things that are in motion that if I don't do anything on a Monday morning, it's just boom, 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 because that locomotive is moving. That spaceship is already up in the air. Now, this is exactly why I established 48 Days as our signature brand. Many years ago I saw people who had been thinking about, hoping for, dreaming about, praying for, working on the new success they said they wanted, but never getting off the ground, never getting that momentum where they became unstoppable. I mean, that's why I built a model that if you focus your energy for 48 days, you can dramatically transform where you are right now and where you're headed. This is called success compression. If you apply massive concentration, focus, and energy for a short period of time, you can essentially bend time, success compression. I mean, it's a common concept out there. So the question is, what are you going to apply to create that success compression to what you're doing? How are you creating that massive force, you know, in the next next coming month here to get your idea off the ground? or to get the promotion, or whatever it is that you want. And then ask yourself, what is that one-inch block that's on the railroad track that's stopping you? Now, I hear people say, you know, I have to wait until the kids graduate from high school. Gee, I don't have the right degree. Gee, Dan, I don't have the money to start my business. I can't leave the security of my current job. Those are all those little one-inch blocks that we're talking about. that may be holding you back from your big, biggest dream. Now, the process that I recommend, describe where you are now. Then describe exactly where you want to be three years from now. Get the advice and opinion from people you trust. Narrow your options down to three or four choices. Do a little bit more research. Choose one and take massive action. You can walk right through that. And We get letters every day from people who feel stuck. Last week, I devoted the entire podcast just to, why are you stuck? And those notes come in again and again. got even a couple in here today that I'll work in. Very, very common for people to feel stuck. If you feel stuck, what's that one-inch block in a railroad track that's keeping you back? How can you kick that sucker off and start moving down the track? Well, Brian says, Dan, I want to take a moment to reach out and say thank you. 12 years ago, I listened to an interview you did on Dave Ramsey's podcast, I instantly became a fan, devoured 48 Days to the Work You Love, and started listening to your podcast regularly. Your wisdom and advice to others gave me the courage to start my own business, Sullivan Engineering. This past April, Sullivan Engineering celebrated its 11th anniversary. Starting my own business has been a life changer and has brought many blessings to my family. I know I can never repay you for what you've done for me, but please know that I'm forever grateful And I keep you in my prayers. God bless you and thank you again, Brian. Oh, Brian, thank you so much for your note. I never get tired of hearing these kind of stories that come from people like you who read the book. You you did the work. You took the action. You decided what was going to work for you. Boy, I congratulate you on doing exactly that. But thanks for sharing your story with us. Spencer says, Dan, I have a question that may sound silly, but I'm sincere when I ask it. What are your skills and abilities, your personality traits, your values, dreams, and passions? I'd love to hear your specific adjectives, the word choices that you use to describe the components of your dream life that you're living, just so I can get crystal clear and exactly what you mean, and then go to work on creating mine. Thanks. Well, again, I appreciate your question. I mean, that really is a fair question. I know I talk about that. And I don't think I've ever had somebody ask me directly that question. What do I respond in those things? What are my skills and abilities? Well, one of my skills and abilities is listening well and then asking powerful questions. That's primarily what I do as a coach. I don't have to have all the solutions. I don't need to be, you know, the Google of intelligence. No. No. I ask questions, and then I listen, and people are able to form their own solutions, their own answers. So I ask questions like this. If we were meeting three years from today, what has to have happened during that three-year period for you to feel happy about your progress? That gets people started. Let me get you started. If you can be clear on that, you're halfway home. I mean, a lot of people just struggle. They can't really define that. Well, I really don't know. I don't know what my dream is. I don't know what, what kind of life I'd want to be living. Well, then you're going to just continue what you're doing now. Not much is likely to change. But I ask questions like that. I mean, I have, I have questions on my telephone. If we're at a restaurant and a young waitress is waiting on us, you know, I have questions that not just, gee, how are you today? You know, I say, what does this job make possible for you? And That opens up conversations what do you want your legacy to be? What are you dreaming about that you haven't done yet? Is there a dream in your life you've given up on? I mean, think about the different, I mean, I can talk to somebody at Home Depot in the checkout line. I can talk to somebody who we see at a, a restaurant. You know, we can be out on the beach watching the sunset and just have somebody where we strike up a conversation and I can ask, what interests you now? What have you done or not done that has limited your success over the last six months? What new habits would you like to begin developing over the next six months? What has brought you the most happiness during this last year? What do you think the purpose of your life is? I mean, I could go on, but those, those are the kind of things, and that is one of my skills that has been very, very productive for me. Now, in terms of my personality traits, we talk on here a lot about the disc profile, the I, S, and C. I'm very high D on that. You know, opinionated, dominant, quick to take action, push through, all those things. You know, they can sound negative or positive depending on your perspective, but I'm very high in the D. Drops down on the I, I go way down on the S and C. On the disc, on the enneagram, for those of you who are familiar with that, I'm a five. I mean, I live in my head. It's hard for me to, you know, move into the heart areas. You know, I have to work on doing doing that. But I'm a five. I mean, I think, I love to read and think and just create out of things that I'm thinking. On the Colby, I'm a quick start. That's the high one. My scores are six, two, nine, three. So I'm really high. Quick start. Get things done. Take action. I mean, that's just part of how I'm wired. On the Do It Scared inventory, I'm the outcast. On Strength Finders, my high ones are strategic, focus, and election ideation input. Myers-Briggs, I'm an INTJ. And in the Fascination Index, I'm a maestro. The Dreamer Profile, I'm a make it happen guy. On the EOS, I'm a visionary. I'm not a good integrator. I'm a visionary. So I... I uh, I spend a lot of time, obviously, identifying my personality style, looking inward so I can be more effective outward. But I take every inventory that comes along, lots of them out there. What are my values, dreams, and passions? Well, I want the freedom to choose how I spend each day. I want income that meets my needs but provides abundance beyond that with which Joanne and I can address the needs around us. Uh, And yes, uh, Joanne and I are living our dream life. I mean, you can ask her about the life we have here in Florida. And you know, we moved this last year after years in Franklin, Tennessee. She'll tell you that she has to pinch herself every morning to make sure this is not a dream. I mean, she gets up and says, wow, just another day in paradise. But we've always been very intentional about our house being a home, not just a bricks and mortar structure where we eat and sleep, but a welcoming place, a haven of peace. Joanne wrote a book, with that title. So, but we're very, very intentional about how we live our life. We take time to think through the life that we want first. Then we find work that funds that life and at the same time blends, you know, our passions, talents, and an economic model money. Well, I hope that's helpful, Gally. I appreciate you answering the question. It's helpful for me to reflect on that as I encourage each of you to do. What are your unique skills and abilities? What are your personality traits? What are your values, dreams, and passions? If you know those things about yourself, you can move forward, hold your head high, move forward with confidence, boldness, and enthusiasm. Ben says, uh, Dan, uh, this is a long shot. I'm a high school choral director. We've had one heck of a year. Uh, from singing in masks. He goes on with the kind of things. It's been a crazy year for sure. But he says, my seniors are leaving. In just a matter of days, they've been with me for many years. I've poured into them all I can, but I'd love to know what Dan Miller's word to the class of 2021 would be. Specifically, if you have any words for my seniors who are pursuing a career in the creative and performing arts, I know that's a special area of interest for you and one that would be a uh, you, you're a believer in that just as I am. These are the kids who are putting all their eggs in the basket of following their curiosity as you've encouraged them to do. Uh, the road will be rough and things will not always go as they plan. In 10 years, some will face the bitterness of rejection and maybe working in a completely unrelated field. Others will be fortunate enough to earn a living in the creative pursuits that they love. Hopefully all will learn a great deal about who they are and what they were put on this earth for. What would you want to be the final word to these kids before they leave the relative comforts of high school? Well, Ben, I I commend you, goodness, uh, on the work that you're doing. Thanks for the work that you're doing with and the encouragement to kids who have unique creative skills, talents, and passions. I do address this a lot. Um, we've got a lot of things that would probably add more insight to a longer answer, but I, I would tell them not to e- expect be paid for their time. That's a big, big mind mind shift. Because most kids coming out of high school, going into college or whatever, coming out of college, they expect to get a job where they're paid. That doesn't work well when you're in a creative area and in the performing arts. You aren't going to get a job where they give you a guaranteed salary. Rather, expect and create ways to be compensated for the value and beauty that you bring to the world. Now, that's going to require being creative in how you seek compensation to provide for your own necessities and flowing over into abundance. But that's what you're going to have to do. I mean, you're going to have to anticipate taking that creative path to how you're going to make This, your creativity, your work that you do. Yes, you want to be paid for that. But don't expect to be paid for your time. Now, frankly, that's a model that I encourage for all of you. If you're you're paid for your time, there's an immediate ceiling on what you can expect to get. But if you're created paid for the value that you bring to the world, whether it's in creative skills, beauty, art, and so on, or something else that you're doing, uh, then it opens a door. It opens a door broadly to what the possibilities are. Now, I get a question here from Faye, who is a pharmacist. I'm going to just play this quickly for you as an audio clip and then comment on it.
1: Hi, Dan. Faye here. longtime 48 Days member. I'm trying to get the courage to leap from my 27-year government job as a doctor of pharmacy to enter into the entrepreneurial world. I've been thinking about doing some one-on-one pharmacy consultation services with geriatric clients that are veterans. I'd like to make recommendations patients can take to their doctors so they can have a better understanding of their medications, potentially reduce their pill burden, and get the most out of their doctor's visits. I'm not sure if I need or should get caught up into the legalities of it or not, though. Would this model be similar to other health coaches that are providing services online? Or should I pursue more uh, along the lines of the legalities um, and licensure and that sort of thing? Just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Thank you for all you do. Much appreciated.
0: All right. Well, thanks for your question, Faye. Now you're a pharmacist and you want to work with elderly people who are veterans regarding their prescription medication. Now those things, because you added those criteria in there, yeah, this is something where you're going to have, you've set yourself up to deal with the bureaucracy where you're probably expecting third-party payment, not from the recipients of your services. And we're dealing with pharmaceutical compounds that are prescribed by medical doctors, you know, they're veterans. I mean, there's so many things in there. Yeah. You're going to be totally immersed in the legalities. And because the bureaucracy requires that if you're a health coach and we have lots of, we have lots of pharmacists. Go, I'm thinking about several just as we, uh, as I go through your question here, who are in the 48 days Eagles community who are health coaches, but They're meeting with people who are taking responsibility for their own health. They're moving forward. They may look at diet. They may look at exercise. They may look at at, uh, supplements they're using, but they're not likely to be expecting third party pay, and they're not likely to be dealing with prescription medications. So they can be health coaches where they are paid well from the people that they serve. But that's our big quantum leap from the setup that you're describing here. So yeah, I'm afraid you're going to have to go wade into the legalities and the, the complications that come with that, you know, how you're going to be compensated through the Veterans Administration or whatever you're expecting there, and then dealing with pharmaceutical prescriptions rather than just supplements or things people can do to improve their diet and health. Yeah, tough. I you know, you may you may want to talk to some people in our community who are pharmacists or have been. You know, just reach out post a question in the 48 Days Eagles community about that and I'll tag some of the pharmacists in there that can tell you how they've taken another another journey. have got one lady who moved out and she got into one of the direct sales companies where they use essential oils and she has crushed it. I mean, she's generating incredible income but she moved totally away from the typical path for a pharmacist but she's still helping you know women feel better do better be better and all of that but it's a pretty direct turn from what she did as a pharmacist cynthia says Thanks for all the support, resources, dedication to this ministry of encouraging all of us to the life we have called to have. I'm feeling led to pursue a career change that takes me from a business-related position to something entirely different. Now, the, um, Cynthia says that she took the personality profile 10 years ago, is coming back to it to see that she's really getting clear in what she thinks she's going to want to do. And as I drop down here, so I'm desiring to pursue a life's work that w- I was created to do, and I believe it's counseling. Although I'm in the process of completing an online lay counseling certificate with a Christian counseling ministry, I believe a formal education would probably still be needed in order to pursue this full time. I'm foreseeing, foreseeing the need for school financial assistance, as well as an interim job more conducive to the focus needed for completing this process. Please, 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 your thoughts, input ideas, whatever additional help you can offer is welcome. I am admittedly still fearful about such a change, but more fearful to miss this opportunity for the combined work and life I love. Thank you for your help. Well, again, that's a great statement there right at the very end of that, Cynthia, where you say that your fear of the change is less than your fear of missing the opportunity. Wow, that puts you well on your way to making this making this change. Now, having to do with counseling, coaching that you describe you want to do. There are a lot of factors here that make it difficult for me to give you specific advice. I don't know how old you are, what your current academic background is. I mean, I had my master's degree in clinical psychology, so I was set up for traditional psychotherapy or counseling. I decided not to do that because of the restrictions that are around that term where as an example, you know, as a counselor, you have to have that arm's distance from your clients. You would never, you know, meet them socially or go to their house or have them come to yours. You know, just those are unethical kind of things to do. Well, that's not the way I, I roll. You know, I, I have people that I work with, my goodness, we become friends. You know, I invite them into close relationships with things that I'm doing when we're traveling. We stop at their house, we go on trips together. Had a bunch of guys where we went to, Cuba a couple of years ago together. Well, most of the guys in there were guys that were had been clients of mine. That's just how we develop the relationships. So you have to decide do you really want to do counseling? Because that implies a more clinical kind of setup. And with that, there are licensing requirements and perhaps degree requirements that you would have to do. But if you just want to really help people move forward in their life to get clarity and to move forward in some of the ways that you kind of address here, you know, being a coach may be a legitimate positioning for you. And with that, it probably doesn't require going back and get additional degrees. The question that I ask is, are people coming to you now asking for your advice and opinion? If they are, we can probably help you position yourself as a very successful coach. And the education you have has very little to do with the income that you are likely to generate. And we have coaches who came out of construction background, but because they have great coaching skills and went through a, an accelerated, abbreviated, intense process of crafting the skills to be a coach are now, you know, six figure income as coaches. I mean, I have a guy who had a automotive business, but he was a great manager, great people leader. He is now a business coach and very, very successful in doing so. You know, if people who have been pastors or pastor's wives is very common where somebody is already kind of positioned, see themselves as a coach and move into that without going back and getting additional degrees or accumulating student loan debt and all that. So those are some of the kind of things that you need to ask yourself. Now I'm gonna give you two links here. Cynthia, one is what I addressed as our resource for for today, and that is, are you ready to be a coach? Just take our short quiz. Go to 48days.com slash ready. You'll see it there. You don't have to log in or anything. You can just see it there. Just take it. It'll just give you the results. We'll give you a percentage of how likely we think you are to be a successful coach. I also want you to check out our coaching mastery program. I'm not trying to sell you this, but I want you to look at it. If you go to 48days.com slash coaching hyphen mastery, so 48days.com slash coaching hyphen mastery, it will walk you through all the things that we offer in there and meaning how we want to see you develop as a coach if you are, in fact, going to be successful not only in understanding the psychodynamics of coaching well, but also understanding the principles of running a profitable business. I mean, that's something that we see people who are gifted in counseling or coaching, but they don't know how to generate income. So a lot of what we do is help people how to move into a really profitable, well-structured business. Thanks for your question. This comes from Kent. It says, And it's, he's responding to this ongoing theme that we've had about being stuck. And he says, I hope I'm not too late. Well, you're never too late because this is ongoing. There's not a week that goes by that we don't get uh, questions regarding feeling stuck. So Ken says, I've looked at the list below. This is in response to, again, that email that we sent out. He said, I have them all. Distraction, too comfortable, lazy, something I've struggled with my whole life, and uncertainty. To try to articulate my life's purpose is like having no command of the English language enough to say it. That's interesting. I was doing work I loved in television, but I felt it was losing my touch. The pressures were fun to meet, and so were the challenges until I couldn't do them anymore with excellence. Four years ago, I was told I could retire, 55, so I'm 59 now, so I did. I had plans. Oh, boy, did I have plans. My time was my own. Money was decent. Nothing happened. I got too indecisive. Couldn't make up my mind. I read books, tried to find that next great idea, tried to find my purpose in life. I still have found nothing. I want to spread my wings, but I have no clue as to what those wings are. What's worse is I never married, and now suddenly want to get married because I feel I'm ready. I've had many relationships over the years, but they weren't for the right reasons. Weren't right for for various reasons, rather. One of my friends thinks that if I had wanted to get married, I would have done it years ago. No, it just wasn't right, and I tried all kinds of things, nothing until now. I'm actively looking, and there are some good choices. Well, I'm excited to hear about that, but... Ken says, the big thing is that my dad started out life with nothing by coming from a small town in Kansas. Now he's a big financial success, 94. He's on a chamber of commerce on board at a city of over 150,000 people. He left to pursue success and he did it. Me, I want the same thing, move away, start fresh and build, but he won't let me in an indirect way. Though he and my mom are elderly and under caregivers at home, I make myself available for them every so often. I get the sneaking suspicion that he managed or massaged my investments so I can retire early and he can have me around to the day he dies. Problem is, by the time they pass away, I won't be able to accomplish whatever dream I might get due to health reasons. Um... I'm okay for the moment, but their health broke down at 60, and I'm trying to break that cycle, but my body doesn't listen, or whatever else the reasons are. So how do I break away from my dad's orbit? That's a great statement. That's a great positioning. Break away from my dad's orbit. It's like, you know, the moon circling. It's in an orbit. It takes a lot of energy to break out of that orbit once it's in that circle going around. So Kent says, how can I look at an idea and have it stick, follow through, pursue, and in my case, probably live to see the success. I'd appreciate any pressure advice. Wow. You know, 59 years old. One of the things that I say, Kent, when I finish a podcast interview, the host usually says, is there anything else that you want to tell our listeners? So no matter what I've talked about, if we've gone through the principles of 48 days, how to get a job, or if it's how to start a business or how to live a productive, profitable, invigorating, fulfilling, entrepreneurial life, whatever it is, I usually say, as the last thing I want listeners to hear is, it's never too late to have a new beginning. Now, you're 59, but you have also shared a whole lot about your background that uh, gives us a little pause about thinking what your future is going to hold. You said that you have had all these things, distractions, too comfortable, too comfortable lazy something you've struggled with your whole life uncertainty yeah and it sounds like you've got you've got too much of a safety net i mean the nest has been a little too comfortable your dad set things up so you're okay financially and you all of a sudden you see these years moving by 5 years at a lick and all of a sudden you're 59 almost 60 so the question Is not what's right for you, but the more the question is, what are you going to do to break this cycle of just kind of drifting along and indecision? You're going to have to really break that as a mindset. And again, sometimes it's okay to have something that makes you uncomfortable. Now, I'm not suggesting you create that for yourself, but we hear that again and again and again, where something comes along that was unexpected or unwelcome, and The people panic and feel like they've been crushed. And then 18 months later, they say, wow, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, so be careful of just resting on the comfort of the life that you have now. It may be like that locomotive getting it going. You know, the little block on on the the track, the one-inch block for you is being too comfortable with the way things are. If you want a wife, wow, you can make that happen. I mean, it doesn't mean to be impulsive, but it means to go places where prospects would be, initiate relationships, ask, move forward in a courtship. You know, move, Those are things you can, that's something that's doable. It's not just if you're lucky, it happens, as nothing good in life is. If you're just lucky, it shows up. So I would encourage you to be more intentional about the life that you want so that you break these patterns, even though things are going okay, and Fortunately for you, they are, but take the initiative to change. Otherwise, you're going to be looking back five years, and your life will be exactly as you describe it right now. Michael says, says this. He says, I'm a software developer. I think I'm going to make this last question today. We'll kind of wrap up with this. I'm a software developer, rather high level, and I keep investing time and in learning new things related to my craft, but it doesn't have any effect on my income. For that, I'd have to go into management and I hate even the thought of it because that won't leave time for what I love to do, develop software. That's why I mostly invest time, not money, into myself. I just don't see any possible ROI. Now we had sent out A note, and most of you, if you're on our list, you would have gotten it, where it was titled "Invest in Yourself," and it talked about the power of investing in yourself and how that can make quantum leaps forward in the progress that you may be looking for. I mean, it really does. I mean, yet I talk to people every week who are, you know, looking for a new job or they like to start their own business, but when I suggest they invest in a coaching session or buy a seventeen dollar book, you know, they're shocked. They don't want to spend any money or time. They just want me to tell them what to do. Well, that's not the way it works. Investing in yourself and then taking the initiative in new ways, not just hoping for a management position. In your case, um, Michael, you say that that's not what you want anyway. And I don't blame you for that. If you know what it is you want to do, if you're a software developer, stay focused on that. But well, let me let me just describe to you kind of an example here. So you're a software developer. You don't want to go into um, the management side to take you out of what it is you do. But rather than thinking that your opportunities are all confined to the job that you have where they pay you a salary, Think about the explosive potential that you have as a software developer. What if you spent 15 hours a week that we often encourage people to do and did a software development of something that had potential to be a new game for kids or an easier way to secure your house or whatever it happens to be, and all of a sudden you've got something where you could sell it over and over and over again where the sky's the limit. I mean, but to do that, you're going to have to invest some time and money in yourself. How would you set that up? But that's the kind of thing. I mean, when when I go to a conference, I mean, I go to conferences that may not have direct relevance to what I'm doing, but I'm confident that if I come away with one idea, I mean, I heard my son describe on his podcast recently, the Ziglar podcast, Kevin. I heard him describe that when he was. Like sixteen years old, I was going to a conference for a couple of days, and he asked me how much it cost, and I told him five hundred dollars. He, he thought that was outrageous that I would spend five hundred dollars to go to you know one day conference. And I said, Kevin, if I get one idea from that conference, I can turn that five hundred dollars into five thousand or maybe fifty thousand. I mean, that's what I go. I go with that intention. I'm going to get one idea that has a potential to explode my success in that way. So last Saturday night, Joanne and I were having dinner with some friends here in the community where we now live. Guy's name is Tom. He's a PhD chemist and he spent his entire career with Procter & Gamble. Talked with a lot of fondness about the opportunities that he had there, but he was paid. He was paid a good salary, but he was paid as a chemist. But his specialty is molecular chemistry. I mean, they break things down you know, biological, physical properties. I mean, I just certainly don't understand it, but he saw an opportunity for recycling plastics. You know, he tells me less, and as much as we're all kind of ecology conscious and we're doing our part and we put our blue bin out every week with recyclables in there, he said less than 1% of all plastic is recycled. Less than 1%. So he and his son started a company. He, he retired officially from Procter & Gamble, but he certainly not stopped anything. He and his son started a new company where they specialize in the process, processing recycled plastic. There's a certain kind of polymer plastic they look for and they recycle it. They break it down into its original form. They can make it clean. Even if it was colored in some way, they can make it clean. And then they have a product that they can resell To companies, they borrowed $350 million to build the first plant. Here's the deal. They've already totally sold out the product that they'll be producing for the next 20 years at full capacity. There's that much demand for what they're going to be producing. Now, just kind of a a little aside here. They're going to be producing this reconstituted plastic that can then be used again. It's really more expensive than virgin plastic created for the first time. But there's a whole lot of companies out there that want to do their part to make the world a better place. They're willing to pay a little bit more for this so then they can brag that you know 25% of the plastic they used or whatever was this recycled plastic. So companies like Volvo and BMW are ready players to buy this. So they're to completely sold out for the next 20 years. They, again, borrowed $350 million, but they did an IPO in March, meaning they offered people to be able to invest in their company. And they currently have a market cap of $2 billion in their company. Now, this one, I mean, this idea, he's still a PhD chemist, but instead of him just staying in a well-paid job, he started seeing these opportunities around him. And frankly, this is one of those that, like Procter & Gamble, did not see as a big enough market for them to go into. I've got a lot of stories right now. I'm looking for them about markets where people didn't think it was big enough to go in. One of the guys, my mastermind, we were sitting around talking just this last week, and he's a partner in a company where they provide residential elevators. Now, when you think about it, if you know the companies, you, in a hotel, you see the elevator name, it's going to be Dover, Otis, one of the big players like that. They're doing these big, big commercial elevators. They don't see residential elevators as being a big enough market for them to pay attention to. So my friend got involved in that. He and two others, they are crushing it with what they're doing with residential elevators. I love those ideas where the big players say, that's not big enough. Well, if you can come back in and, uh, put something together where you now have a valuation in your business of $2 billion. That seems big enough to get my attention. I don't know about you, big enough to get my attention. But that's how I would encourage you to think. Not just that you're locked in as a software developer and you're getting paid well. Think beyond just getting another promotion in your company. What do your skills make possible for you? I mean, who else would see the benefit? in what you're doing, beyond just the company that pays your check on Fridays. If you think like that, but to get that kind of mindset, it may require that you're reading books. I mean, I I got a book right here that I just read, Future Proofing You, Jay Samet's new book. Well, I paid, I don't know, 25 bucks or whatever. That's an investment in me because the ideas in there have the potential to absolutely explode this current success that I have. That's the way it works. That's the investment in you. So yeah, I challenge your, your thinking on that, Michael. I, th- I think there's an amazing ROI on investing in you. But see beyond the boundaries of the life that you're living now, both in terms of the life you're living, but also the job that you have. No, look beyond that. Look beyond that for sure. Well, hey, here's what I want to ask you. as we're wrapping up here. How are you creating that massive force in the coming month to get your idea off the ground? Yeah, it takes half the fuel for the entire trip just to get you the first two miles. I love just thinking about that. That's amazing to think about, but that is in reality what it may feel like. So what I want to ask you as well, what is that one-inch block that's on a railroad track that's stopping you? describe it I mean, write it out you know what it is i'm sure as you're, as you're listening you're thinking about it what is that one inch block it may just be a mindset shift for you it may be getting a coach to help you have the confidence to move beyond that maybe joining the 48 days eagles community So you have other people that are encouraging you on. We have a lot of people in there that have broken through that little one-inch block because they had other people saying, well, sure you can do that. Let me me help you along. What is that one-inch block that's holding you back? This could be a pivotal moment for you to figure that out, to describe it, kick that little sucker off the track and get your locomotive moving. Well, hey you have questions success stories you want to share i always enjoy those as you know just shoot those into me at askdan at 48days.com that's easy email askdan at 48days.com let us know what you're doing to explode your success and in the process have abundance you can bless your own family and beyond that make the world a better place all those things this is not just about accumulating or increasing greed or materialism. No, it's about living a life that matters. Thanks for being part of this group where we know we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.